This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me to discuss the drama of the last day of the season, Mr. Phil Shaw, Mr. Chris Bird. Hello. Welcome back. Hello, 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 hello. How are you two gentlemen? Not bad. Glad to be rid of Have you calmed season. down? Have you calmed down? I've nope. dialed it back slightly, but not a lot. I can wind it back up if you'd like. <laughs> what we're going to do this show is we're going to uh, just go straight into that City game. Uh, and then we're going to finish off with... Uh, the start of the show at the end because we're still uh, we haven't calmed down yet we're still uh, there's genuine still anger fiery there. when we started match club uh match club is uh our secret society club for uh, my old man said patrons we got together before the uh get, wait, so it, the, the virtual meet we, we talked before the game half time after the game intelligent conversation proper debate not like the rest of the fucking villaverse but uh, a gentleman said to me because I'd, I'd already I'd said a couple of times on the podcast how I met some Liverpool fans once upon a time the spirit of Shankly who I knew uh, from the Football Supporters Association over the years and their, their joke to me was always uh, that Villa's European Cup win in Merseyside was was classed as a win for Liverpool and because there's so many uh, is it five Liverpudians or they came from Merseyside from the captain to the scorer of the goal from the assist maker it goes on so they'd always classed it jokingly to me as uh, I mean I don't think they'd won their last European Cup when they said it so they're sixth it's like the uh, Pete Best and the Beatles so somebody in Match Club mentioned that to me and said oh so if if uh, we win today against City does it class as our title win and I thought they were just referring to the uh, where the players came from. I said, uh, you know, not really. What he obviously meant was you could dine out on that as saying that we'd won the title for you. And when you look at it, the context of it, it's exactly what it would have been. I mean, as a Villa fan, you could just walk into Liverpool and uh, any time for the probably the next year and not have to pay for a drink. It's just a direct correlation. We would have literally won the title. And, you know, 
we wouldn't be here recording this podcast because we'd still be online taking the piss out of Manchester yeah. City fans and uh, taking uh, taking in the love of uh, Liverpool fans. It was all set up when you two nil up in that situation. It's uh, you start to think uh, this is going to be a glorious end to the season. Okay, you know you not necessarily want Liverpool to win. I mean, my scenario into my where I'm coming from in terms of the league title is I just don't want the dark monetary force of Manchester City, the sovereign wealth, bollocks. sovereign wealth pollution of uh, football to win it. I mean, it's all right saying, you know, well, what a great team. They play great football. What a manager. But, you know, they're paying what their, their, their fullbacks cost. They would double our record signings. So uh, it's hardly a fair situation. But anyway, I'm r- rambling on. But uh, I mean, the first problem we had was we were wearing that fucking blue kit. Which have we have we got, even got a point? No, wearing I that can't kit? remember. It needs to be banished. I, I thought it was just a case of we hadn't won in it, but uh, can't recall even a point. Uh, in terms of uh, formation, uh, kind of interesting because you, I think the uh, cookie cutter formation would have been Nakamba in probably uh, stuff up that middle of the park. And, uh, you know, maybe even play two DMs. You could have played Louise and Nakemba alongside each other, couldn't you? But uh, it was a bit more adventurous than I expected. Uh. Well, we said in um, something for the weekend, didn't we, that you can't go to use the boxing analogy. You aren't going to go to Man City and win on points. You're going to have to go and sort of get knockout blows. And to be fair, for 70 minutes, I thought Villa got their game plan spot on. Soaked up yeah. pressure, held them at arm's length, took the two goals well. We'll, we'll come on to it, but wasted two massive chances as well to do more damage. But... If you'd have said you're going to be tuning up with 20 minutes to go at old, you know, at the Etihad, you kind of go fucking hell. 15, even. Yeah. yeah. And we were brave, weren't we? We, we picked our moments because you, you get, you're, going to, you're going to have to, you know, if you just go gung ho at City, they're going to tear you to shreds if you open up. But we picked our moments, and I think we, when we went, we did really well. Well, there's, there was a stat, uh, I think it was before the Burnley game that was uh, going around. I can't remember the specifics of it, but uh, I think it was outside like the top three teams. We would we had conceded the last shots on goal or on target probably than any other team, which considering where we are in the league is uh, kind of interesting. But it's certainly, you saw it in that first half because Olsen, I mean, that was uh, the thing we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, out of nowhere, we thought we'd... Uh, ridden the uh the martinez injury because we thought he might miss the burnley game but uh got through that and then suddenly uh the real game you need him in and uh you know who knows it may have been a difference in the end although uh, i'll come on to olsen's contribution in a sec he didn't have, really have much to do olsen uh, in that first half but his big contribution was his kicking just i'm talking about he just hoofs up front because he put watkins clean through and should have scored the one that was initially flagged offside, but actually uh, VAR would have overturned that because he's uh, actually starting his run once the kick is made. He's inside his own half mm-hmm. and he should have scored. And uh, it's not the first time in, in this game. Uh, and then uh, the Coutinho goal was actually from a long kick as well. So uh, I remember if you cast your mind back to Villa Park, Manchester City, Villa trying to play it out, uh, getting stuck in their own six-yard box against uh, Manchester City's press. There is there is some credit to just humping it down Turn the middle. around, yeah. Because if you've got something, if it's got somebody like Watkins to run on, and I think he laid it off, did he not, for uh, Coutinho, then uh, it's definitely worth throwing in the Arsenal. I think so. Yeah, it's variety, isn't it? I mean, as yeah. we said, Liverpool use variety. I mean, City, not so much, but we've seen City do it as well. Ederson with a big hoof yeah. up front. And it's 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 what you need to do. I mean, if City are so good at the press and so good at hemming in, just bypass it, get it over it. 
and then yeah, see what happens. Because yeah. they don't like the nitty-gritty defending, I don't think. They like playing out from the back. They're ball playing centre-backs. But when you have to kind of go, you know, you get it's them It's creating pressure, isn't it? It's creating pressure on yeah. their back line. And that's how you beat them. 100%. Yeah. 100%. That's what Real Madrid did in the Champions League. Um, exactly. You make them defend. You make them make decisions in their own 18-yard, six-yard box. Run at the fullbacks. Commit them. Because a lot of the time, they're not battle-ready. They're not, no, they're not week used in, to it. week no. out. They're not sweating, are they? They're no. not like fucking, you know, Mings and co. And uh, if you, just out of spurt, you know, spurts of uh, pressure, they, they, you know, they're liable to uh, snap. Especially if do. you can do things quickly. Be it, you know, pace across the ground or just, as you said, just turn around quickly and make them face their own goal which no defender likes to do yeah especially Fernandinho in the first half because the argument about playing long is always well you're just giving the ball straight back to them uh, and you know you're, you're making it 50-50 straight away and it's like well have you seen us trying to play it out, out the back yeah. that's not 50-50 <laughs> we, we, we give the ball straight back to them in our own half yeah, so it's much better uh, to rather, give the ball back rather, yeah. yeah it's probably the percentages isn't it I'll take 50-50 at Man City away it's more like the, the rugby uh, philosophy isn't it where you just kick it up uh, play territory pitch play territory yeah, territorial yeah which is what we probably should have done at times when we were defending, just get rid, put it in the stand. Any any standouts? Uh, well, uh, I mean, I think collectively they lost that game uh, after the 70, uh, after yeah, it was, the 70th it was a minute performance. Great first goal. I thought it was great cash move. popping up. Uh, and you were involved again, wasn't it? Another yeah. assist. Great ball. We've seen him, him probably the last, what, month? Maybe six weeks, but definitely the last month. What Dean you can be moving forward? You think actually he's been probably, certainly in my view, the most individual bright spark of the the final running of the season, where you think, yeah, he's, there's definitely a clearly there's a player there. You don't get in the French squad and start at left back for them if you're a bad player. But you know what I mean? You think he's definitely got another gear he's going to go into next year when he's settled yeah. and his I family think, here. I think it's, he's a good player. Yeah, as, well, as I said in Match Club, I think we've got fullbacks that we can be happy with because I think Cash has yep. been. I mean, when we were fluffing around at the start of the season, Cash was probably the standout performer. Yeah, probably the only one you you were yes, giving I any. Think so credit to and he's still got uh another level i think especially going terms, forward yeah this this is probably uh he's i think he needs to uh sharpen up his uh back post game when it comes to defending because mm-hmm. they got him a couple of times uh, yep. city there well he's not the tallest either yeah but it's more from a positional but i thought sense. i thought both fullbacks played well certainly for 70 minutes i thought surprisingly considering the pressure they were put under i thought douglas louise anchored the midfield reasonably well I yeah. thought Watkins, while he was very wasteful, you see the value it's value to him and why Southgate likes him with England because he just chases everything and he works really hard and you know you, you should, he should at least get, come out of that game with at least one goal, but his work rate was second to none. Yeah, I mean this is the thing about Watkins uh, as a, you know if you're playing one up front, he's he's like a one man press. He covers so much. He, he can he can actually uh, he's aggressive with it. Pretty much entertain uh, and keep uh, a whole back line uh, guessing. game, really yeah, yeah. guessing and uh, alive. Uh, and he's he's a bit of the thorn in the side. Uh, I mean, it was interesting that uh, last season we were saying, you know, he's he's been so unlucky. He's hit the woodwork, you know, five six times. He's he's had three or so goals chalked offside of by VAR. And you're thinking there's definitely a twenty goal uh, season player there this season. It's uh, it's not so unlucky. It's more like he should be putting that one away. Yeah. I mean, that's probably one of the themes of multiple players and the team in general has been a lack of a clinical edge in both penalty areas, as Phil. Gerard has said. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's You have the player to do this, and then for some inexplicable reason, it's it's just not happening. I mean, we've talked about how many Danny Ings has missed over the last few weeks. Yeah. You would never have said that about him his whole career. 
And then after Watkins last season, like you said, you wouldn't have said it this season. But at, at times, his first touch has just deserted him. And now there, there's other times. It's just it's strange. It's almost as if he is he's so obsessed with um, the the press, like you say, like being that one man press. That when suddenly the one man press works and he's clean through, it's like oh, oh, you know, there is there's a hesitation. It's like he, it's not instinctive anymore. Yeah, I think in that interview he did uh, in I think it was the Guardian. One of the things the journalist picked out was Gerard saying that perhaps he overthinks things and he's a bit harsh on himself and he probably needs to react, relax a little bit more when he's actually playing and that probably feeds into that taking that extra touch maybe when he should be pulling the trigger yeah certainly being a I mean, bit too conservative uh, it's almost like he go, I mean the chance today then especially the one in the first half he should have just had a go on that with his left foot because we've seen against Brighton in exactly the same position put clean through like that one touch one goal so what was different about today and then in, in the second half it was just like you just knew he was going to stumble the ball into the keeper it was never fully under his control yeah, and that's that's the sorry thing now, because uh, from his Brentford days and his first season at Villa, if he was put through, you as a as a supporter, you're thinking, oh, he's going to get this. But now you're thinking, yeah, when he's cleaned through, no, it's like, yeah. you didn't you didn't fancy him in the uh, the Burnley game, did you? When he got put through, either he's had a few chances recently where you think, uh, again, he needs to just go away for the summer and regroup, like so many of them do. But uh, but yeah, no, you know, some people were saying, oh, you know, Ings Ings should have played or bring Ings on. It's like, well, actually, you know, it's a similar problem with Ings over the last three or four games he hasn't mm-hmm. been uh, as you as you said chances that he would normally take i mean some of them you know outside of the box having a swing but you know you you only have to watch match of the day over the last couple of uh seasons when you see the southampton highlights and ings is winning them games out of nothing yeah i mean i actually think the second chance where Watkins sort of bundle bundles it you know wide i actually think um Ings probably scores that. Yeah, that one. but there's you know there's this you know it's typical social media fans where they're saying oh we need upgrades at striker we need upgrades. I mean a third striker would be good just from a squad point of view. But also you think you got to you got to remember uh, and you know you can even when people are saying the same thing about Mings, uh, Mings and Watkins are uh, in this current England team. Then maybe not the starting eleven, but they're on the fringes and they'll get games in like a tournament first round, shall we say, as Mings did in the last Euros. So, how do Villa get and attract players that are actually better than them? And are they really going to pay, you know, to get players better than them? You're looking at 50 million, 60 million. And when you've got players that, you know, who are good, and I've got no problems with Watkins and Minks, uh, no problems at all. No. I don't think Villa are looking at those positions uh, in terms of strengthening the team. And no, it's, uh, not, it's not the priority. Gerard came out and said that just before the uh, Burnley game. Where we're saying, you know, it's all about, you know, I'm, I'm looking to improve the starting eleven by doing that. You naturally improve your squad, and I want to improve my spine. So he's looking for key players, centre back or two, defensive midfielder. I bet that the top of the pitch, he's probably not too worried about, especially now he's got the choice of Buendia and Coutinho. Then you got Ramsey, McGinn yeah. who can get involved, and then you have got two strikers. He's probably thinking if the opportunity to come up, if the opportunity came up where I could buy someone to improve that little group of players, then you're buying one hell of a player. Yeah. And and I would even throw out that I would uh, I would definitely uh, be comfortable with if the any addition is in that in terms of strikers is Archer in the in the match day into, squad a, rot- into be- a rotation because not not necessarily rotation at all I'm just thinking on the bench to bring on for you know whatever you yes, need I mean, for the last ten minutes five, an option isn't he? he's not going to be a starter for five you, five minutes whatever because as we've seen his finishing has has been. Uh, 
you know, super clinical. So he's like a one chance man. That's, if you get that chance, you know, two minutes into injury time and he's on the end of it, you, you'd back him. Yeah, yeah. That's it's like what you said. Who who are you going to upgrade over Watkins? What what striker are you going to bring in? That I mean, you're not going to go and bring Harry Kane in because that's who's ahead of Watkins in the England squad. Yeah, I was going to say the only the only players above a uh, Mings or a uh, Watkins, if you're talking about Mings as well, it, are players in the top three teams. That, yeah. and, uh, the only one who's even close, I don't think, and the only one who's close for Watkins, I don't think you'd go after in England terms, which is probably someone like a Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who is not a banker. I'd take Watkins over him. I would, yeah. for, for, for especially the way we want to play. Yeah, he's just certainly a lot more mobile. Yeah. You remember when Liverpool uh, signed Crouch, just to give him something completely Variety. different. They Variety's, had four strikers, though, at that point. Yeah, no, exactly. Variety. So there's a uh, that's one option you could be going in for. But I think there's just in terms of making that purchase, there's more important ones ahead of that to create a more solid 100%. team. Hundred percent. That is like that's like a bit of garnish on the top, really. And as we've said so many times, you know, I think if you get the foundations right, I think you get more out of those attacking players as well. Yeah, it, it's sort of that natural cycle. Uh, when you look at the stats, uh, something that pops out is uh, McGinn only twenty four touches for the whole game. Ramsey for eighty two minutes, only eighteen touches. I think we bypassed midfield a lot. I think that's a tactical thing. Yeah, best moments attacking was definitely uh, when we went long. And obviously defensive, uh, they would have been just uh, closing down space and keeping well, keeping City at arm's yeah, length. Yeah, and you're winning the ball back and it's kind of you're thinking, well, especially against City, if you win the ball back in the, the sort of the deep, deeper midfield position, do we have a lot of options in front to pass to? No. Yeah, I mean, the only, the only real criticism uh, I would probably uh, aim at Ramsey would be something that we've said before. He's probably not as sharp off the ball when when we are defending our eighteen yard box because their second their second goal he he kind of just ghosted back and he wasn't up tight to uh, or he didn't sprint to close you know he didn't see the danger of yeah. Rodri you know just hovering around the edge of the eighteen when the ball rolled out to him Ramsey was the only chance to close that down and he wasn't you know sharp enough to see that danger ahead of schedule yeah you could say that for a lot of them they don't they don't expect the worst to happen I mean this is City you're playing I mean they are they have the best players we've already said they're the best players so they can do the unexpected so you have to stop them even having the chance to do that yeah it's i don't know it's it's just like pick your man and defend you know if if, if you're playing uh where ramsey is and uh you don't have to like you know defend deep and city you know they've got it down the the, the flanks and they've got runners coming from midfield pick one of the fuckers up and that was the obvious one at the end of the game i uh tweeted i've had enough of this kind of losing mentality bs which is you know when people say oh, it's typical villa and we were seeing it all the time uh like against manchester united the amount of games that they won in the dying stages or flipped to flip to yeah the amount of times they flip that against us as well as it's typical united it's also typical villa and then you know this season we've already seen it with you know the watford game uh, wolves more more to the point which was almost identical what was that three goals in 10 minutes this was yeah. three and five and you know you, you've, you've seen so many people say typical villa so that's what i that's what i said meant by that and uh this was a prime example and it, and it's actually been injected into Gerard. He, he'll know now 100% what this kind of losing mentality is that we seem to be attracted to it and uh, I think the good news is uh, Gerard would say exactly the same thing. He's identified it very quickly you've seen his interviews he's said as much. He knows it. it and before Burnley said as much in terms of the culture he said it's getting there but it's not there yet <laughs> he knows. Yeah 
and this is the, uh, the you know the 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 hope the main hope is uh, hopefully that's going to be stamped out sooner than later. And uh, you know when you got a fan fan base making excuses, going oh we you know they they're bringing on you know they got a hundred million pound on the bench and uh, you know this is the best team in the world and you know we were tired at the end and it's like what what is this? We're too fucking nil up. We concede three goals in five minutes. It's not good enough against anyone. Even if, even if we were a League Two team in the FA Cup third round against Manchester City, we conceded three and five. You'd be pissed off still. Yeah, this is this is not good. But we're not that. We're we're an elite level club that have been spending big on players, and we crumble. My takeaway from the season has been Phil's quote when we said he said it earlier this year, and you said it on Twitter, I think, after the game. Villa are a glass jaw team. You know, when the tide turns against them, they crumble, don't they? They don't stand up, take the punches, and then counter punch. They haven't done it for ages. We did it a little bit, to be fair, under Smith. Last season, when was that? When we were the best at coming from behind, was that in the Smiths' tenure? I can imagine um, it might have been, but yeah. it, but that's against a different level of different level. Punching. And we had ultimately we, we were had punching some of the best down league. all the time. Yeah, we, in had, that league. we had some of the best players in that league. Um, the expectation was high. If anything, we made hard work of it. But this sort of attitude of when the game starts to drift or a decision doesn't go our way or. Prime example was the City game. You know, we, we we said in Match Club that a good side, and we've said it all season about the the leadership and responsibility, and, and that's part of your mentality is when that first what would have been a consolation goes in, who's grabbing the troops and going right? We don't let this slip now. We shut the game down now. We've we've, we've switched off. We've given them our error, which we frankly we have an error every week. I don't think they had time to uh, have, have time. <laughs> now you could say there's there a were, bit of sort there of there were three two down before yeah. uh, they could even open the mouth. There's a bit of city blitzkrieg going on, and you say, "Well, fair play to them." But they're, they're a class <laughs> side, but you have to find a way to stop stop the tide turning against them. Stop the momentum. Do whatever. It, that's yeah. where having Emmy Martinez on the field, I think, comes in because if a cross, for example, comes in, he'll grab it and he'll lie on the floor and he'll take a yellow card and piss the fans yeah. off. I mean, you just have to look at their keeper. I mean, oh Edison at the end, yeah, rolling around like Edison got rolling around, fuck. and you know, and it always pains me when you hear the commentators going, "Oh, uh, well, at least he won't be missing any games this season, and uh, hopefully it's not too." And it's like this four off. fucking come on, he's fucking rolling around, time wasted on purpose. Because uh, the keepers are always told to do that. Come on, wait, you know, wake up. I mean, there is the debate. If Martinez was fit, would the result be any different? Now, I think maybe in terms of preventing their goals, you could make a case for it. I mean, obviously, the game would transpire completely different. I would say, though, that Olsen's kick-in was directly responsible for one goal and almost you know, got us another one if Watkins had been a bit sharper. So he, he did make a contribution to actually get Villa into a position where we could have actually won that game. So it's a bit of a hard one. Uh, I mean, if Martinez suddenly came on when we were 2-0 up, I think we would have seen that game out. Yeah, well, I mean, Olsen like so. didn't really make a save, so we can't judge him on a mistake. I mean, he could maybe yeah. have got he could have maybe got down better to the second one, but we won't know because it was it was well placed, was right in the corner. But like yeah, you said, it's not really a debate or a conversation, really, is it? To uh, to have, I think the only the only there was one where I thought you know Martinez would have had an outside chance of making a like a you know world class save. Uh, I think it was the, the first uh, one with the header. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably might have just that's put, uh, probably his, it. If we'd have put a hand of God out, <laughs> and then you you would want him uh, in the latter stages just to wind the clock down. That was that would yeah. be the main uh, difference there. That was that was my frustration really with that game is that in throwing away a two goal lead against Man City, better teams than Villa will do that. Don't lose the game. We just played our part. It's almost like we were 
we were playing a part, right? So this is how this game's going to pay, you know, play out. Sky Sports came into the changing rooms at the start. We need a bit of drama. So what's going to happen is you're going to go 2-0 up and then like in 15 minutes ago, City are going to stage the great comeback. It's almost like we just played our part. And, and you're not going to get any credit for it. We're going to say it was City were brilliant. Yeah. When they score their first goal, you know, just uh, let let it all uh, transpire. Let it all hang out. <laughs> let it all literally I mean, drop drop your pants. It's embarrassing because when you consider how long it takes to actually take a centre, take a kick off again, for City to score three goals in five minutes when Villa kicked off three times yeah. during that period, I mean, Take an age over the kickoff. Make a sub during that that bit. Just do something, anything. To make, like that's what teams do. Develop, break the momentum. Just anything. Kick it back straight to your own keeper. As soon as they scored that first goal, a Villa player should have been on the floor, like pretending he's dying or something. Yeah, Ashley Young and probably would have been if he'd have been on the pitch, but he was too late by the time he came on. <laughs> Just hold up that kickoff for as long as possible. Break that momentum because it's it it you know it comes like a like a swell, isn't it? It's, it you know it's coming and you yep. straight away you feel the worst. And it all comes again, it comes down to the control word we've used. It's it's been able to control the tempo and the flow of the game. We just can't. And when when the game starts to go against us, we're like, oh shit, we we'll just almost like back ourselves into a corner. I mean the the sad bit is now we you know, how how we sit in history now, what we was trying to articulate at the start of the show was uh you know, it's like being a QPR fan and having to watch that fucking Aguero goal all the time on Sky Sports. It's gonna be Villa in the highlights every time they talk about Manchester City scoring those goals to win three two. Yep. That's our life for the rest of our days now. I mean, to now, be fair, though, at least for QPR, they stayed up on that last game of the season. So it was also a pretty joyous moment for them. Well, so they, did we. we. We've stayed up as well. Oh, yeah, no, just. But, um, but, I'm, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. our place in history. Yeah. Now, if Villa had won and Liverpool had won the league, there's no way they could mention Liverpool winning the league without mentioning Aston Villa. <laughs> there's no way you can do that. And Gerard and Coutinho and the and the narrative that they'd worked so hard all week, bless them, the, the poor press, to make so, come to life. So we we you know we would have actually it was, it, it, it's probably on the level of winning a league cup <laughs> in, in today's <laughs> yeah. in today's currency or at anyway least the charity shield <laughs> would have been relevant and mentioned you know in in a, in the context of uh, scouse sports as uh, Liam Liam Gallagher calls it. No, my, my personal favorite was just uh, if we're gonna if we have to mention Grealish one time, we'll mention it now. It's like you can take um, Grealish out of Villa, but you can't take the Villa mentality out of Grealish because in his interview he says after Villa went two 0 up, truthfully I didn't think we were going to do it. I just didn't. Sometimes you have these bad feelings in your head, and I just think didn't think we we're going to do it. Well, that's exactly why Pep left you in the bench then because he, they need to get rid of him. Yeah, he's, he's not. He's got that Villa mentality yeah, in him. Yeah. They brought on players that did think they could do it, and unfortunately they did. Yeah. But this is the thing. It's it's. Uh, I mean, you, the, one of the biggest markets nowadays is, the, is these uh, self help books and the self affirmation, and and a lot of it just boils down to just believe in yourself. I can do it. I can do it. Self affirmation. You know, repeat this mantra in the morning. Blah 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 blah. That's all it is. It's just this. And the top top winners just have this blind belief, and that's why you, your Manchester Uniteds back in the Ferguson days, your Liverpools can pull turn around three nil defeats in the Nur Camp. And Manchester United can fucking go into a European Cup final one nil down with seconds of injury time left and still manage to win two one. It's this just this belief that you're not beaten until you're dead, until there's no pulse. And we don't have that. And that's what we need. In the fan base as well, I may add. Belief. Yeah, it's it's fucking Ted Lasso, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I'm gonna probably I'm gonna i I'll talk about it on this show and then I'll just draw a line under it because I'm sick of talking about it. But you've seen what's happened at St. James's. 
got rid of the owner, they've got a new manager. Now, you look at Newcastle's team, man for man, would any of their guys get in our squad? Maybe San Maximan, tactically, maybe. But other than that, not a single player would get in our starting lineup, I don't think. Yet they are now four points whoa, ahead of whoa, us, whoa. Let's having not, be not too won hasty. a game um, before January. I might, I might take that <laughs> 60 or 80 million midfielder they brought in, I might take him. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. The broad strokes of what you're saying yeah. is exactly... Is, Some of the parts you know, you've got... Is I mean, correct. We're pretty sickened when you look at... And Gerard is, and we said it in Smith Weekend, McGuinness, you look at the table, we're in 14th, which in itself is bad as a number. And then you look at what's above you. Brentford, Brentford, Brentford Newcastle. Brentford, 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 Brentford. I'll say it Bro- one more time. Brentford. Brighton. Brentford Brighton, again. Brighton, Brentford. Palace. Bre- I don't want it to be this where they're only below us in when it's the first table of the season uh, before a game has been played because of alphabetical order we should always be above Brighton and Brentford that's just a fact and that's yeah. not like uh, complacency with, with or, entitlement. Or, or arrogance it's, it's it's just a fact and where we were and to where we finished it shows that since Christmas we haven't got our shit together I mean Brentford's is, is this just sums up what's going on and uh, you know this isn't like reactionary Brentford have got us bent over a fucking barrel first of all they managed to persuade us that their best player was Scott Hogan and sold him to us so we're taking you know their allegedly best player they've been taking the piss out of us for a few seasons now well let's start before that they, they gave us Dean Smith but Dean Smith he's alright we'll let him off so Scott Hogan and then managed to sell us for a pretty penny Konza and Watkins both decent players that's all that's all well and good but the fact that they're finishing higher than us after they've sold us having spent you know, these players, fuck all yeah They've we, spent comparatively. Uh, they 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 haven't really invested reinvested that money to any great extent. No, we're just in the stadium. We've built their stadium. Yeah, Aston Villa should have a fucking blue plaque on that stadium. And it's this thing of having a, a plan and believing it. That's what I mean with the Georges. You know, they brought Eddie Howe and he's probably gone in with a very simple plan. This is what it's going to be. The players have gone. Oh, great. All of a sudden, the fans believe, and you see what St James's is like now. It's kind of back to what it used to be. It's rocking up there. So when they turn up to play at home, they believe. I think Brentford have got their plan and the way they work on and off the field. And I think they really believe in what they're doing, as do other clubs around there. I don't think, we've said this before, but I don't think a lot of those Villa players really believe that what they're doing is going gonna, is gonna to get them over the line. Yeah, the, I mean, Gerard uh, needs to have a good start next season just to get the fans believing. Because uh, if if the players don't believe, the fans don't believe. You know, it's really apparent. And uh, it was walking away from the ground after Palace and Burnley that the the, ap- the mood was so apathetic. It just rubs off uh, on everybody. And uh, but once you get a bit of momentum and a bit of belief, then it's it's amazing what that can yeah. actually do. I mean, we've yeah. seen it in the Championship when the. 10 game winning run which yeah. came out of absolutely nowhere there was a seismic change in uh, belief once uh, you, you saw know, four, it four or five games won you saw the shift relatively quickly when you started going into the second O'Neill season when you had a really good sort of second half of the season the transfer business we did when the learner money started coming in we picked up momentum and everyone was like, right, now we're rocking and rolling. And that's partly what, you know, why you get really frustrated with this City uh, situation because you're hoping that you at least get to the, to the stage now, even though, you know, Gerard's come in, but he's inherited a reasonably decent level of uh, squad that can or should be uh, at least uh, assembled that it doesn't have a glass jaw. It, it, you want to be having a team, the first, you know, be hard to beat. That's obviously always the first step in creating a team. Become hard to beat. And so Manchester City know it's, this is going to be a tough game. Not a tough game if Villa, like, 
have a couple of sparks and you know put us under pressure. But a tough game from you know zero to ninety. But you had a feeling once that if they scored, it was going to be House of Cards collapsing. And we haven't got that. We can't grind it. We can't. We we we're not savvy or resilient, kind of resilience or streetwise, which. I know we, we, we'd always come back in the championship, but that was because we had better players. So uh, you'd expect that. We, you know, sometimes we needed to go a goal down just to wake up. But in this, you can't do that in the Premier League. Fundamentally, we're not the sum of our parts, are we? Which, that's the frustration about those teams around and above us. You know, West Ham are the extreme of that because I think they've, they've got a few very, very good players like Suchek and Rice, etc., who level them up. But then the general West Ham squad, I think they're just very well organised. Bearing in mind, they've yeah. had a similar trajectory to Villa in the last two or three years. When you think about, they were, what, a place above us the year we just yeah. about stayed up. And then they just put their foot on the afterburners a bit like we did. But they just kept going and they believed. And I think our, our belief and our momentum has fallen off. Moyes, I mean, it's Moyes' organisation. Yeah. Uh, that's the main, you know, the main thing. And you know, I think uh, I've said it before, uh, maybe in Match Club, where there's a certain level of player that we can buy, which we can buy top six players, as in, yeah. you know, sixth, fifth, we probably can't buy top three players. But if you're organized and well-drilled, then that allows you to punch up. So that's how you take points off the the yep. bigger boys. And, the you know, our record, and Gerard alluded to this, has been, he's not very satisfied, you know, happy with it, has been bad this season after Smith did actually uh, make some inroads uh, in terms Big of time. taking points. Because that was, that gave me the, that was my biggest plus point of last season. It's like, right, next season we can kick on now because the players yeah. will be confident they can go toe-to-toe with these teams. Mm-hmm. I just think there's a, there's something, and Gerard's like, he, he doesn't have universal approval. I know no manager does, but he's he's really polarizing at the minute because he's getting, I mean, you'd look at the Nakamba sub. I mean, I don't think there's probably another manager in the league that wouldn't have made a sub like that just at that time. To show and things it, up. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the, tech, the textbook tactical move, isn't it, at that point with 20 minutes to it go? It is. Because if he hadn't done it, and that, and that still happened, that 3-2, I mean, could you imagine? He just said, why didn't you protect your back four? Yeah, it's exactly, it's a hindsight thing. Uh, I mean, yes, it doesn't send out a signal. It sends out that signal where everybody's got, right, lads, back to the wall time. And it's exactly uh, the signal that it, you know, that it did send out where, where if you leave him on, you know the pressure's coming. So what are you going to do? Not react to that? So it's a logical move. So it's hard to uh, be harsh with that. And, you know, quite frankly, nobody would have been surprised if Nakamba had started this particular game. Yeah, and I just wonder if the fan base are like that. Is there some players in the Villa camp that whether whether training's got harder, whether it's a bit more disciplinarian, something like that, you just get this out there, maybe not all pulling in the same direction like they were last season at the start of the season? Yeah, yeah we I spoke think, about that before, where the, maybe yeah. where, where the standards, gets right, standards get raised and you get that split of the guys who really buy into it, the ones who kind of go, mm, this is maybe just at the edge of my ability, and some of them will embrace it and go, right, I'm going to grasp this by the, you know, well, there's, there's a few that have signed, like, you know, they've signed their first big Premier League contracts with Villa, where, you know, whether they've come up yeah. via the championship or, and they all, you know, they've been in easy streak. And, you know, Smith was always, as we said, was a nice chap. And sometimes the team was in his image. So it's a bit of a, a culture shock to them that suddenly uh, you got this more, let's say, meaner and more uh, driven character come to town. And suddenly that easy streak you were in probably uh made you a bit uncomfortable and uh you know some people don't react that way and those are the people you have to weed out if they're not reacting in a positive light and embracing the challenge and the, the new standards and just like edens did with the books <clears throat> you know if you're not if you don't believe in what we're doing here 
you're out the door. Yeah, but you know, you and you have to go back to last season where we were taking scalps, and mm. that is the uh, the head scratcher because you can, you know we can't really say oh this team's shit the players are crap we're actually better squad than we were last season I mean certainly more balanced on paper you can have you can have a debate about Grealish but the fact that you know he'd missed a third of the games uh, but unfortunately some of his replacements have barely <laughs> have, kicked uh, a ball frankly. barely kicked a ball so uh, you know that's that's the a grey area but apart from that you would you would say uh, you would fancy this team against last season's team you'd like to think so so that is a concern. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, let's do the start of the show now. Uh, at the end. Uh, with Welcome. Uh, time for some news. Uh... Shall we have this is uh, I, I thought let's let's have a look at the sun and see what they've got right so they've got zoo attack horror moment zookeeper has finger torn off by lion after sticking hand in cage <laughs> I mean what what else could possibly happen when you stick your hand in a lion's cage he thought you think he'd lick it or <laughs> <laughs> in a Jamaican zoo or shall we have the villa news let's go with just the villa news I think yeah Manchester City uh, stick their hand in uh, the Villa cage, and uh, after it looked like it was going to be bit off, uh, they Villa gave started them to their lick lunch. it. Yeah, <laughs> started to lick it at the yeah, end. Tick, yeah. Tickled Villa's tummy. Yeah, right. Uh, feel like we're at the start of the show now. It's like this uh, build-up. Kamara reinforcements from Marseille. That's not the fir- not the not the first time we've had reinforcements <laughs> from Marseille. What we need is a box-to-box midfielder from France. <laughs> Apparently, this one's a bit better. Yeah. J- jury's out. Mm. Uh, he, look, he looks pretty good on the videos, <laughs> but we'll see. Oh, I, yeah. It's, uh, oh, <laughs> you, don't, you don't sound very it's certain, It's so hard sure. to gauge with the French league, isn't it? It is very hard to gauge with the French league. What's that Manchester Mark United D- YouTube Gould, Gould channel, chap? Yeah, he refers to it as the French Farmers League. 
I mean, most people, you know, well, it's a Twitter thing. But everybody gets excited about a new signing. But I, I, you know, I like new signings. But when you tell me they're from the French Farmers League, I, I can't get excited anymore. I have to see them at least ten games in with, with me and eyes. Yeah, and I want money back ten day. If if you're not if you're buying a player from the French Farmers League, they need to have a money back uh, guarantee. I think. I mean, one thing I would say with it is if he's if he's the right profile, it's great that they've done their business really early. Get him over here as soon as you can. Get him settled before pre-season and get a full pre-season under his belt. So I'm hoping that that's the strategy that Villa are moving fast this Well, summer. they went on that charm offensive, didn't they? Everybody was over yeah. watching Marseille. Uh, it was about a month ago, yeah. wasn't no, it? Yeah, yeah. Personally, Langer and Gerard. So you'd imagine I mean, they've been working on this one for a while. Yeah, and Gerard's not going to go over with both of them unless it's a real... Because, you know, when when it's out there... I mean, you, you know, you look at... Uh, everybody's... Uh, myopic and they think it's just uh, Villa are after a player but you know you just if you take a step back and google his name it's like Manchester United in for Spurs in for Inter Milan uh, but the main ones seem to be uh, Atletico Madrid who can offer you know <laughs> so a good, a good uh, a so most prestige. people didn't think but I think it's the Gerard card that is if we didn't have Gerard this season nobody's believing this new project oh no. yeah we're going places bit rich owners blah 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 because we've we've kind of spunk that by finishing 11th and then 14th when we were really budgeting for like you know 7th 8th but now with the Gerard card you can still play uh, you know first you know full pre-season his own players you've still got that li- li- leverage to build a new narrative so uh yeah, have you, have you met my mate Coutinho? Yeah, he's here. He coming over? Yeah, yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And we've so, got a few uh, French speakers already. Bonus. Uh, and uh, although we'll be sending one of them back to Marseille in a part exchange, your <laughs> bear will be going as well. Good point. We've got no French speakers. Um, <laughs> oops. But yeah, as I said, I'm not getting too excited. But you know, obviously, we, we do our little research, and he uh, looks pretty good in terms of uh, what we're after. But yeah, the key is. Uh, in terms of what Gerard wants to do, uh, I think he, he actually said you will see very soon the activity we've been involved in. I think a lot of a lot has been made about this full preseason. He wants players in early because he wants his guys or the the new key parts to a spine to be in as early as possible. No fanny in you know deadline day or getting players in once the season's kicked off because you're going to have the descript, uh, disruption of the World Cup so you'll need to, uh, you want them in bedding and we, we've got to uh, you know we've got to be winning from the off and I, th- I think the only way we'll do like a, a bit like you know the Dinia type deal is if something amazing pops up and we think actually this is too good to turn down but I don't think that's the strategy that we're leading with the opportunities yeah those sort of opportunist of, type deals I think yeah. we, we did that with Coutinho we did it with Dinia now it's about being really sort of surgical in the way we were yeah in other news uh, Olsen uh, our new goalkeeper may, well, could be his only game for uh, Villa was assaulted as the coked up Manchester City fans came on I say that because uh, it's uh, become an increasing issue in football and uh, there used to be pitch invasions all the time players uh, weren't getting no, clobbered players weren't getting uh, clipped and these arseholes weren't uh, you know being asked uh, wrecking goalposts and everything as, as if it's a new kind of uh, fad wrecking their own goalposts celebrating like it's something say. that a billion pound spend doesn't make you expect like it was a shock yeah I know it was a dramatic way to win it and all that, but... Hopefully he's all right, uh, Olsen, but uh, the thing is, these things always fucking backfire. These idiots will... There'll be over-the-top laws that come in to... Yeah. Uh, that impinge on everybody else's freedom. I remember somebody was mentioning, uh, you know, some of the kerfuffles at the Burnley game at the top where somebody took in a pint and refused to hand it in. 
to uh, the steward who said you're not allowed to take pints in and uh sure enough that pint ended up over about 40 people's heads when it was thrown in the air like you know a euro celebration when england play you're not helping the cause i want to you know when i'm watching some of these games i want to be sitting there with having a pint so at least i get something out of the game i don't want to be uh not doing that because i don't have the choice because some fucking knobhead's thrown a pint over 40 people's heads I said it before, and that's why they probably won't allow alcohol in the stand in England, which they do in Germany and other ones, because... It's a conversation now behind the scenes. It's something uh, they want to bring in, but these dickheads punching players and stuff, aren't, you're, not, you're not winning the argument there. No. Especially after all you know, the whole sort of stuff with the Euros last summer, they would, they would have been hoping that we've worked through that, but actually they're showing that we haven't. You know, we've sort of come out of COVID and the... There's been a regression, a but anyway, regression. that's another subject uh, we'll discuss elsewhere. Uh, meanwhile, Mark Delaney has uh, been put out to pasture, it seems. Uh, yeah, he's obviously been at the club a long time, on and off, but in the, in the academy since 2008, apparently, so he's been there a long time. Yeah, obviously a player as well. I mean, you know, you, when these news breaks, everybody's going, oh, he's a great servant, blah, blah, blah. You know, then that's it. Nobody says, well, why? You know, what's the situation yeah. here? Nobody really analyzes the situation. Could this be a uh, disappointment in where the academy is going? Because uh, after winning the Youth Cup last season, it's uh, the headlines haven't been that great in terms of, you know, where they're finishing the league and overall performances. Although I think, you know, you'd be content with like your Ramses and, you know, Chip Moeka and uh, Timmy. A rogue, but um, you know, that's true. And, and people like Kessler, Barry have done reasonably well on loan. Um, yeah, so uh, so you don't know if it's uh, or he's got something in his personal life or if he wants a change. So, uh, or even if the club just want a, a, a bit of a reshuffle and. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is this a Gerard thing where he wants uh, some kind of uh, different direction or or whatever? I think we'll certainly see more members of staff and and players as well, obviously, out out the door in the next couple of weeks, as you always get at this time of year anyway. Meanwhile, I mentioned this on something for the weekend, uh, a bit of a a farce uh, at the Burnley game in terms of tickets, which myself and and I would guess around a couple of hundred uh, found themselves not being able to get in to the ground with season tickets, uh, with their season tickets, uh, because of uh, it being a rearranged game and uh, maybe they had uh, passed on their tickets because it was a Christmas fixture originally because they couldn't make it and that hasn't been reset to the uh, season ticket card but it's something like come on there's there's five months surely you can uh, work out the communication on that not have any oversights and make sure a a season ticket's going to work but alas not but I'm sure there'll be a a bit of an investigation into that uh, no doubt uh, by myself maybe (laughs) Uh, in terms of people going out Villa women's team have uh, I think these four players came to the end of the contracts didn't they uh, Jodie Hutton uh, Nat Hay Shana Hales and Sophie Haywood yeah so uh, there's going to be a bit of a reshuffle there but that I mean there, there has to be uh, an improvement uh, there's got to be that continuous improvement in the women's and they mm-hmm. took one step positive step this season and now they're really going to be aiming at that mid-table uh, situation yes I mean obviously you know Jodie Hutton was it's a sign of the improvement I like to think when Jodie Hutton was the first player to go pro at the club wasn't she first female player to go sign a pro contract i can neither confirm or deny she that was. fact <laughs> <laughs> i am confirming good right uh letters of complaint uh, please address them to chris but if he's wrong with that knowledge love letters <laughs> now it's time for media muppets right mr phil Shaw, have you got anything fresh and funky in the media muppet trough this week 
Well, I'm going back subscription base because I'm going after the Athletics Greg Evans on, on two fronts today because he, he's annoyed me Ooh. twice. Um, not his tweets. Oh well, yes, that's we'll get on to that in a second. <laughs> Firstly, um, it was about the possible transfer news that broke about Villa Sen and Marseille's Bubakar Kamara that we've already spoke about. The first person to break the story and say that it was more than a passing interest was the Italian journalist Mario Moretto. He was then credited and amplified by our friend Fabrizio Romano. But of yeah. course, later on, the Athletics David Ornstein and and Greg Evans seemingly had the combined to manage to spit out 200 words um, without credit and Moretto at all. They just simply said, the athletic understands. And I was just say, well, do you uh, understand? That's, that's not how it worked whenever I was doing it. I mean, if you didn't break it, you said who did break it. Yeah, no, exactly. At least credit it. But like the, uh, the battery hens and what they did to my first... Uh Aston Villa WTF newsletter where uh, they said sources and understand and it's like no you didn't you just fucking read my newsletter you pricks that was on the uh, some various very specific details about the uh, North Stand expansion which I knew for a couple of weeks and basically just put out on you know saved them for this newsletter and then they put out a story literally like you know an hour later and the same thing nobody quotes people nowadays it's it's how you how you get away with it. The, the standard of journalism has fucking dropped dramatically i mean i used to pull my hair out bloody 10 years ago some of the nincompoops i had to work with uh, and i mean sometimes you do these interviews when you're interviewing actors and stuff round tables where there's other people there and uh, yeah, i got into arguments with them basically over incompetence and stuff i mean it's quite funny really but there's the levels but now it i mean there it's it's uh it's yeah. a shocker where it's fallen anyway sorry i'm, I'm interrupting no you're right and it's, it's all valid and then of course you get on to like you said i'm burying the lead um greg's tweet um of course at the end of the the, the game the end of the manchester city Aston Villa game, he goes city are champions what a comeback under such pressure what a team they are disappointing for villa in the end Full stop. So it's just symptomatic of the press in general. I mean, he's a Villa reporter. You should be leading with how abysmal it was that Villa threw away another two-goal lead instead of cheerleading for the Abu Dhabi group. There's enough people cheerleading for City at the minute. I mean, all I'll say there, it's sometimes a bit tone-deaf where you're trying to be like the overall football perspective, but you have to realise where your core audience is in that respect when you're tugging off the opposition that Villa have just played. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. On a weekly basis. (laughs) Yes. Right, let's get on to these three points. Uh, let's blaze through these so people can uh, go back to their normal lives for three months. <laughs> Although we will be continuing uh, through this preseason. Right, point number one. Now, it's been a bit of a mix of uh, response to this. Uh, La Liga issued a press release after Mbappe's, uh, well, basically deciding mysteriously to stay with PSG, even after he'd been credited in the past to say, no, even if they get Zidane Zidane as uh, manager, that still wouldn't change his mind. But uh, La Liga has issued a press release saying that the French club attacks the economic stability of uh, European football and puts at risk hundreds of thousands of jobs. Yeah. It's a bit unique. The the books just don't line up, do they, with the amount of money they're spending on, on him? And I no. can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, oh, the numbers the, were stupid. It was ridiculous. The crazy numbers. And I didn't believe all those kind of, uh, you know, he is essentially the sporting director and he has uh, approval on signings and all that kind of shit. Just think, it's a, it's a bit weird that, you know, La Liga as a body, like as a league, are making a complaint on behalf of one of their clubs, even though it is Real Madrid, you know, that, yeah. that somebody hasn't signed for them. That's that's a strange bit of it. The sentiment is correct, but I mean, can you imagine the, the Premier League um, making a, 
you know, a statement that somebody turned down Manchester United or something like that there and said, oh, this is awful, this is terrible for football, why can why can they not come and play for Manchester United? What about the other 19 teams in the league? You know, you're meant to act on behalf of them all. The fact that Barcelona are in trouble financially from overspending ridiculous amounts at and uh, Real Madrid aren't what they used to be. I mean, that league, I think it's in date. I mean, Premier League has probably done one on them in terms of uh, consistently in terms of money. And, you know, you just look at the peripheration of uh, English teams in Europe this season. It's starting to uh, be glaringly obvious who the powerhouse is. And, you know, Haaland come in. Uh, I mean, that pretty much guarantees the Champions League for Manchester City. I mean, La Liga's got, completely got a point, but... Nobody's doing anything about this. Uh, you can't be spending that ridiculous amounts and giving players such power like that. I don't think they're going to win like a Champions League with this stance. They need a manager who can create a team. They've got resources. They've got money. But, they don't have uh, togetherness, it doesn't appear. They never will have. It's it's like, I wouldn't say Primark Galacticus, but you know what I mean. It's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a TikTok Galacticus almost. It's just like a computer game in cheat mode. <laughs> And it's all it's all fashion over uh, football, really. There's no soul anymore. I'd be interested to see if this does go to court because they are filing complaints uh, to French administrative courts and uh, the European Union over his contract. So some extra intrigue, as well as uh, I mean, at the same time, Burnley and Leeds. Uh, I think Leeds won't be bothered too much now. <laughs> no. But in, ter- <laughs> in terms of going after Everton for their uh, financials, shall we say? Yeah, after their losses. So we'll see how that one uh, pans out yeah. as well. And the problem is, if, if a, even if it's a, a lesser team like Everton are exposed, you know, you'll set a precedent and then they'll have to look at other teams. So, I mean, this is why yeah. these things don't happen. The big boys just don't want a smaller team to be exposed and how it's run and then the, the, the same rules with the NBA apply to them. Yeah, hopefully uh, the Spiegel keep hammering away at Manchester City because uh, it's funny, like, you know what they've done they've just basically lay out the facts and everybody else just ignores it it's like well come on let's do something about these facts and everybody's like yeah it's too much hassle (laughs) just let them get on with it it's not fair but who cares it's astounding right point number two as we've mentioned already uh pitch invasions have suddenly turned nasty uh what used to be you know celebratory events you can't have one without some player getting whacked i mean the worst one was probably uh billy sharp getting uh it's like a running headbutt from a forest fan wasn't it like a kamikaze yeah it was like it was like a nathan baker header it was the strangest thing I'd ever seen. I mean, he's just standing there and like doing no harm to anybody, and all of a sudden he just gets bundled into. It's almost like he's that fan started his run up from the bloody stands. He's kind of charging like a bloody bull. I mean, the Vieira one was yeah, the uh, one wasn't great either, was it? That was a uh, Goodison, wasn't it? On first thing I want to do is deck that the knobhead who's uh, you know giving it large and giving him shit. Then there was the Swindon situation as well with uh, Swindon players fighting with Port Vale fans. It's not been a great week. No, and, uh, you know, there is a concern from uh, police level and club level now that one of the roots of all this and what happened in the at Wem- Wembley in the Euros, uh, the final, was it's this kind of cheap cocaine, as uh, we'd like to point out. It's kind of fueling these idiots. Uh, I mean, to the extent, if you don't think it's a, a big thing and we're just kind of uh, 
getting all Mary Whitehouse about it. Well, there's a reason why Villa are actually paying a private drugs dogs firm uh, at the Liverpool game, for example, the, the last uh, last time they showed up. I don't know if uh, if they uh, got the same dogs in for uh, Burnley, but definitely uh, they'd paid for them uh, for the Liverpool game. And the West Yorkshire police had them for when Villa went to Leeds and three Villa uh, fans got pulled out by the dogs and uh, not let in. So that's, you know, that's just uh, on a Villa level. And you see, so you can, it, it, apparently it's, uh, it's kind of happening and it's, it's something that's flagged now and it's, uh, it's, it's a real concern. And the government actually brought in some legislation now, I think it was on uh, last Thursday, specifically pointing to cocaine and there being, I think, five year bans involved or, uh, prison sentences for any uh, disorder that results from well, drug-infused uh, disorder at football. So it's actually reached up to government level and legislation has already been passed. So uh, it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens next season to see if people have calmed down after the novelty of the first season, full season back uh, after the pandemic, we shall see, or the, the lockdown, should I say. Point number three, the US women's team are now going to be paid on equal terms with the men's team after equal payment agreement was reached. Uh, this puts, I remember Australia announced this. We did this in three points, did we? Yeah, not? a while back, yeah. I think England are, are also uh, do equal pay as well, don't they? I mean, I think it's very justified in America where their women's team is, is a fairly dominant force compared to the men's team. Yeah. Yeah, but I think England do it in, in this country, which uh, by the sound of your silence, you're surprised by. I did. I did. Actually, it wasn't that I was surprised. I just I did, I hadn't realised. Yeah, and uh, I'm trying to think uh, some other big kind of examples because I think they got it through on the England side of things because the men are thinking, well, we don't fucking need any money. Well, they, they, they basically give their fees away, don't they, anyway? They meant the yeah, exactly. Guys. It's like it's not even toilet paper to them. So uh, that's why they can do that. And, you know, for a woman, uh, Engl- you know, but to get a uh, bonus from England is like a, a is exactly that, a nice bonus. I think it's big, big news in America because obviously politically, Republican, Democrat, left, right, and you have a lot of the women's national team, you know, on one side of that debate as well. So yeah. it's big news over there. I mean, personally, uh, I think going forward from next season, I would make uh, Aston Villa men's and women's teams equal pay as well if Villa's men's finish in the. Uh, bottom half then uh, they should get paid exactly what the women get paid i think that's fair yeah what can you even work out the numbers what would the percentage decrease be in that it's got to be like a few thousand hundred thousand percent or something yeah 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 well i mean i know uh for a fact about 970 something grand that the whole women's operations run off Oh, it's less than a million. The whole, the whole team, the whole. It's like eight hundred and ninety odd thousand. So, like, literally one, like, let's say, a leading player would be on a year potentially less than, like, our top top players, like a third. They don't what a third of what a let's say a third or even a quarter of what a top a Villa men's player, and I'm talking top earns in a week. They probably earn a year. Yeah. Hello, Mr. But I think Continue, that's a yeah. great, great punishment, and uh, for the men's team, and and you know, a step in the right direction for equality. Yeah, yes, like hello, Mr. Katini, you take a seventy percent wage reduction. I think if you look at the small print here, there's this new clause for next season that might go a bit <laughs> yeah. higher. It's equality, equality, and 
the women will, will hear, uh, women Villa players will hear that it's equal pay. They'll be like, fucking hell, let's buy this house. <laughs> I'm going to buy a house, a car, and everything. And then they get the, uh, they read the small print and they're like, oh, fuck, I've just bought a house that I can't afford. <laughs> but yeah, just uh, as an incentive, uh, mainly for the, uh, the Villa men's team next season, equal pay if you finish bottom half. And we're talking equal pay to what the women are earning at the moment. All in favor, say aye. 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 Right. Normally we're going to the match, but we've done that already. Do you want to do, you want to do it again? <laughs> no. None of us going to be the <laughs> same <laughs> result, no. <laughs> the season can definitely... Uh, uh, do one. Do one, I think. We'll talk about the season uh, in a future podcast, but all else, I'll just say my own personal reflection is the fact that, uh, unfortunately, I, I think I missed three games of my season ticket at Villa Park due to, you know, like Christmas, uh, being abroad, blah, blah, blah. But unfortunately, they were three games that Villa won. <laughs> now, there was only six in total. We only won six out of 19, yeah. At Villa Park, six out of 19. So I saw them win three out of 16 fucking games Oof. at Villa Park. Relegation and, uh, form. <laughs> well, I had a 100% record, so I can say nothing. Yeah, and Phil Shaw rocks up one game. And got a and, moment. And Gerard's first game gets uh, gets the win. So, uh, you know, when it's like renewal, price increase, it's like, well, if I think too hard about this season, I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm going to ever, you know, ever having a season ticket in my life again. Because that, that isn't value, is it? Well, what did you be saying, Matchler? What was your uh, cost per win? Pretty horrendous. It's like 200. <laughs> a couple quid. hundred pound a win. <laughs> but that doesn't work out very well for Moneyball, David. Oh, it's fucking shocking. But uh, Billy but, Bean you know, wouldn't laugh, be impressed. If you're practical about it, it's like, I mean, you obviously you're not going to expect to win every time, but I'm sorry, but, you know, uh, a fucking decent team that spends millions, million, multiple millions on players can only serve up one of its loyal fans three wins in 16 games. It's a shocker. That is a shocker, isn't it? The uh, the Manchester City game was just bitter because we, we we know, you know, we're not surprised. We're not sitting here going, oh, God, if only. It's like we've been in this position. We find new and creative ways to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, don't we? Yeah, we'd have been the talk of the town going into the, uh, the close season. The team that just uh, pulled the rug from underneath Manchester City. I mean, it would have worked the other way if uh, Liverpool had failed to beat Wolves and we'd served up the title to Liverpool (laughs) and they fucked up against Wolves. It would have been even funnier. So it wouldn't have worked either way, whoever won that title, uh, who who turned out to win the title in the end. Hey-ho. Anyway, uh, just a big, big thanks to uh, the My Old Man Said patrons for uh, sticking with us and supporting us this season and being actively involved in uh, Match Club, which uh, for my money is the best uh, community in this Villaverse in terms of humour and uh, straight talking. If uh, you want some uh, fun access to an extra podcast channel and more importantly match club 24 7 throughout these summer months then please do go to myomansaid.com and sign up there and that will certainly help us evolve it for next season because uh, we like to evolve and we will grow continuing improvement just like the villa (laughs) new and uh hopefully impressive ways so uh, watch out for that also if you want to get involved in my own said especially if you're a designer if you'd if you're half decent at Photoshop or whatever, get in touch, david at myomansaid.com, and let's talk. Because for 10 years, I've been looking for somebody who wants to come on board and actively help 
with the uh, the visual side of things, which uh, there are many plateaus and there's a there's a proper opportunity there. So do get in touch and also writers as well. Let's fire up that website uh, once again, dust it down. It's been a couple of years now where I've really been uh, focusing on the podcast, so it'd be good to get that rocking and rolling as well. Right. Uh, any final words uh, please by the way uh, make sure you follow and uh, whatever podcast that follow the show whatever podcast app you listen to because uh, while we'll still be putting out shows maybe it won't be on that kind of uh, regular post-match timeline because there won't be any post-matches so there'll, there'll be a bit more uh, ad hoc on what day they would pop out so it's best to uh, follow the show on whatever podcast app you use and do follow the show on twitter at my old man said. Any final words, gentlemen, for this show? <sighs> no. <laughs> <laughs> just just don't let that happen again. I thought after Wolves it wasn't going to happen again, but oh, I was wrong. Yeah. It just it, it means it, there's there's the first of the goals for next season. We want a 2-0 down and win 3-2 game. We haven't had one of them in a fucking long time. Coventry, maybe? Possibly. I want, I want one of those 2-0 up. And we win two 0 We win two 0 Yeah, <laughs> that's my uh, that's my oh, goal for next season. And we season. win three 0 We score the next goal. What a novelty! I mean, I'd even take being two 0 up and the opposition score. We win two one. I'd take that as well. That'd be continual progress. Just, just win. <laughs> just win. There you go. But the uh, but yeah, we can't be happy with fourteenth, uh, especially when you got Brentford and uh, what seemed to be a relegated Newcastle all finishing uh, above you without really much sweat. A big thank you for listening for all the two thousand and twenty-one stroke twenty-two season. We hope that twenty twenty-two stroke twenty-three will be uh, more fulfilling. It's going to be a bit of a wacky one with that World Cup in there, isn't it? Well, it's going to be like real fragmented season, isn't it? It's going to be pre-World Cup, post-World Cup. It's going to be almost biblical. It's all about the money. Ah, yes. Right. It's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.